Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I've got Proverbs 19 open. It says, listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with me today. I hope you had a great weekend. I want to start off today with my friend uh, Patrick Albanese, who is uh, not only a friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, he also happens to live in the prestigious city of West Des Moines. Patrick, welcome. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I, uh, I, I, am, I just, uh, just to update everybody uh, on my process to declutter my life, I have gotten my open tabs down to 24. <laughs> really good. Really good. Yeah. You sent me something. No, no. Over- Oh, yeah, I do have I have three browser windows open. That's twenty four each. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> you sent me something over the weekend that I've been laughing about ever since, and it's the biggest joke on mankind is that computers have started asking humans to prove they aren't a robot. <laughs> you know how you get that captcha thing? I don't even know if I'm yeah. saying that right, but then you got to yeah. prove to the computer that you are not a robot. So isn't it funny how, you know, uh, they want us to trust computers, but computers don't trust computers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a computer's saying, I don't know, this better be a real person. I'm not falling for the old computer trick again. <laughs> right. And then you then you got to take the CAPTCHA quiz to prove you're not a robot, and you have to click the boxes that all have, you know, that like the street light in it, and you go, well, that's part of the street light does that count because i don't see any light but it's part of the upper part of the street light and you think well yeah. that counts maybe see this is why i have 24 browser windows open because i have to open up a window and say what is a street light <laughs> <laughs> what qualifies and i go well that's a light is, is it do they, do they mean traffic lights yes give me, give me one with bicycles but then there's always a motorcycle in there and i go you're trying to trick me right <laughs> You are trying to fool me. I'm not a big fan of, of the system. And I don't know. I, I guess uh, it must work or they just enjoy toying with us. Yeah, I think they do. I think they do. Yeah. Now, Patrick, I know your last week was very interesting. You had uh, some unusual twists and turns. <laughs> I don't mean to <laughs> say that as a pun. but uh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> do, uh, if you're willing, share some of the details of your last week because... Um, it was a, a different one for you. Yeah, the, the, the twist and turn is, uh, let's just say it's a twist in the colon. Uh, I, I, um, I ended up with an ear infection. Now, uh, in my advance, you know, as you know, I'm in my late, 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 late 50s. Was that six? Did I do six? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still in the okay. 50s somewhere. Yeah, yeah okay. Maybe older. Um, but I've never had an ear infection, and so I, I woke up in the middle of the night one night and had one, and I said, wow, that's, that's either either somebody's put an ice pick in my ear, and nobody uses ice picks anymore, or I've got an issue. So I, I go to the doctor, they give me antibiotics, 
And I start taking them, and five days later, I'm to that point where I can't stand up. I am doubled over in pain. And so I, I go. I better go back to that doctor and say, I just don't think these things are working. <laughs> and uh, the whole family comes with me. And, you know, he walks in and uh, he says, well, the whole family. I said, well, you know, uh, due, due to inflation, this is our summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the doctor with dad? Going to the doctor That's with dad. Sad. That's sad. That's it. Kids, kids, put the beach buckets away. The <laughs> doctor's here. <laughs> so uh, he says, well, we'll get you off that antibiotic, but uh, let's take a look. Hey, your, your infection's starting to clear up, but uh, let's take an x-ray. And he comes back 40 minutes later and says, hey, your trip's been extended. <laughs> I said, what? what do you mean? He goes, your vacation is not just going to be one day. It's going to be three. I said, what does that mean? He says, you got to go to the ER. He says, you got something going on inside there. And they have to do CAT scans and all kind of things. And, uh, you know, you might have to get this little thing called an NG tube. And, you know, it sounded like, oh, what a cute little name. <laughs> Now, just, just for the sake of, of people listening, and uh, Patrick, you are talking about an ear infection, but now you're talking about some tube. Have we shifted location of the pain? Well, the, the pain shifted to my stomach, so I, I didn't understand the, this NG tube. He says, oh, that'll go in the nose. I said, you know, we're moving around a lot. I had a thing in the ear. Now it's in my stomach, and you're talking the nose. Uh, well, the nose was how they get to the stomach. It turns out that's what an NG tube does. It goes up the nose and down your throat into your stomach. Goes up the N and down the G, huh? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. And you have to swallow it because your body's natural reaction is to try to re kick it out. So you, you have to be awake for it. Because I'm, I'm all for putting you to sleep for everything. <laughs> I am too. And and I might mention a couple days in advance of the procedure. A couple days in I know it's uh, you know it's, it's and I'm starting to have those you know those visions of you know how people talk about somebody says like, I saw him just the other day it was the picture of health right. you know then, right. then then he got that hangnail right right I don't know what happened it just went really fast after that so all right so, you're building tension let let's get to the point so they get me to the ER which was uh, uh, I would say an abominable, but I guess I should say abdominal weight. <laughs> and uh, I finally get in, and uh, they take some x-rays, and they say, yeah. So they, they take first set x-rays. Yeah, you got an obstruction, and your, your intestine there Ooh, is twisted ouch. and not. And so everything's building up on top. Something, well, just give me some, you know, Pepto or something. They said, no, 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 we got to take everything out that's on top. So... That meant the tube went in, and I, um, I, I, I tend to be kind of squeamish anyway, and I'm, I'm not very strong-willed. Well, I'm squeamish so here in the story, just so you know. Yeah, so take that as you will, but uh, they were honest enough to say, this is going to hurt, which is, <laughs> which is, that's code speak, for the, by the way, for this is really going to hurt. <laughs> 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 you know, don't don't ever be fooled by their fancy language. Right. And uh, and boy, it did. And they measured how far it had to go down. Ouch. So they said fifty centimeters. There you go. And then they said, well, we got to take an X-ray. I said, I start taking the stuff out. I'm in pain. They said, can't do that yet. Got to take an X-ray to make sure it's hitting the stomach. 
because if we aren't, if we're in the lung and we start sucking things out, it'll collapse your lungs, and that would be probably something you don't want. So a half hour later, I finally get an x-ray. I wait an hour for the results, and they come in and they go, not deep enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't like where this is going. So another 10 centimeters, and they said, uh, we'll be back, and we're going to send you down for another x-ray. I go, "How how much lead am I getting today? How much radiation am I getting today? So they take another one. I wait an hour, and they go, okay, we can begin the process. And then they started, uh, you know, pumping me from above. Oh, boy. And it took about 12 hours to not be in pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what was your now, pain level on the 1 to 10 scale? Uh, I was kind of doing a spinal tap thing. I go, if you have an 11 on there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you, you went to 11. I went to you 11. Went, you went one louder. I went because it it's, well, it's louder, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, and they, they, at one point when I was doing the CAT scan, they, were, they said, well, we'll give you this painkiller. And I, I, so as much as I dislike pain, I dislike painkillers even more. Uh, and, you know, it's partly that, you, you know, you say, wow, all those times I saw that in the movies where, you know, some guy would, they, you know, stick a needle in some, some guy's neck and three seconds later he's on the ground and you're going, fight it, man, fight it. <laughs> Where, where's your willpower? Come on, you can fight this. <laughs> you know, they stick that needle in you and you say, I can't fight this. This I've never I can't believe anything works that fast. Uh-huh. Down you go. Yeah. Uh so uh that uh I, they they kept them uh, like on the nightstand and I said no more, no more. And finally I, I got weak uh, and I I said, Can you cut the dose? And I cut it by a fifth. And it was still a miserable experience. I still couldn't fight it. So, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but um, I have heard parts of the story before. Yeah, and you, you know that. I'm sure you've watched those movies. You're going, oh, come on. Yeah, right, right. You can fight this. Yeah, that's not true. And I mean, it's true little, until it happens to you. Yeah, that little needle puts you to sleep, huh? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, they took about 12 hours. And, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, mean, I can't drink anything. I can, I can eat ice chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ice chip diet, by the way, highly effective um, because you, you're just not getting anything. Uh, right. And plus, there's a tube in my throat, so you're not getting anything down that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, so, you know, eventually you get on some soft food. Yeah, you sound pretty good for having a tube down your throat last week, I must say, I must admit. Yeah, I still have a sore throat from it, and of course, by the time I got released from the hospital, the very next day, the ear infection came back worse. Oh. So, you know, uh, so, I was did, back at the doctor again to give more antibiotics. And I said, if, if this is how you guys make money, this is your system. <laughs> so you've, I assume you eventually got to start eating some real um, some food at the hospital. What, what was that like? Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, it's, it's quite the experience. Uh, let's just put it this way. Um, if you think hospital food tastes good, you should probably be in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just sum it up that way. Mm -hmm. Having said that, that first bowl of salt water with a slight tinge of chicken flavor to it um, and uh, some jello, which was actually kind of hard to swallow, was one of the most delicious meals I had had in a while. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was getting, I, I said, I've got to get this tube out and I don't know what I have to do to get this tube out. It's, you know, I've got IVs and a tube in my throat and 
I, uh, I, I called my wife. I said, bring the banjo because that'll motivate them. And uh, <laughs> she didn't make it past the lobby, in fact. You know, and it was stopped. confiscated, no, no, wasn't no. it? Yeah, we'll, we'll bring him down. She goes, he's got two. He's got his tubes in. Keep him. We don't. We don't need him. We got plenty. Mm-hmm. Do not bring that past the golden seal on the floor. You cannot enter the elevator with that instrument. Yeah. So the tubes, that tube comes out, and the, you know the first meal. I was like, that was, um, that was wonderful. You yeah. know, just it was chicken broth. That was all it was. Was chicken broth. Yeah. But then I get to order some lunch, and uh, boy. Boy, oh boy, was I getting better fast because it was, let's just say nobody ever calls down and says, I simply must have that recipe. <laughs> what, I don't what, get, is, what, what is the secret <laughs> to running oatmeal? I never thought it was possible, yeah. but you guys did it. That's never been done in the history of hospital food, is it? Someone calling down to get a recipe. So, well, actually, the next time I had to call down for a meal, I figured, because I had Mentioned that to you, and you were just, you found that pretty humorous. Oh, hilarious. So the next time I called, I asked. I said, hey, does anybody ever call down there and say, I simply must have that recipe? And after her laughter died down, she says, well, never for the vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sure enough, I, uh, yeah, I, I stopped by the gift shop, and there is no hospital cookbook for yeah, that makes perfect sense. All right, Patrick, yep. let me let me take a short break. Patrick Alban is, is my guest, and we're hearing a little bit of his experience last week in the hospital. And, of course, he always looks at life on the lighter side. And isn't it amazing that you can find laughter in a difficult, painful situation the way he does? We'll take a short break and be right back. Faith Radio and Afternoons with Bill podcasts are available because of listener support. If you are a supporter, thank you so much. Becoming a supporter today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. My head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching. If when you hear that music, you know it belongs to my friend Patrick Albanese, who is doing an amazingly hilarious job of recalling his last week with 2.5 days in the hospital. I'm so glad you're better, uh, Patrick. I know pain is never fun, and you weathered that storm beautifully and had some very funny things as a result. And you did make an interesting observation when you were telling me when you finally were disconnected and you could walk the halls a little bit. You talked about the way. Every in every room, the bed is set up, and and the left is to a window to the outside, and to yeah. the right is the hallway. Tell me what you observed. Yeah, yes, it's you know, I, I had to get moving because before they could discharge me, I had to. They had, they made a couple of requests of me, and their uh, bodily functions that had to take uh, place before I could go. Because yes, like, well, this is you know, what, yeah. this, this is where we play that theme song music where people fill in the blank. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just think of that '80s movie, Rudy, 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 Rudy. Mm-hmm. Just a team of people by my side, Rudy. You can do it. <laughs> All right. But of course, you know, walking is a part of it. And uh, by the way, uh, my particular hospital section, uh, because I can't leave the floor, uh, one trip around is 190 steps. Okay. So 
I still managed to do 5,000 steps in a couple hours. Wow. And they're to the point where they're like, would you slow down, buddy? You're making us look bad. But, uh, you know, so I'm passing all these rooms because, you know, how many, that's 25 trips around. uh, That was that day. And then I I did the similar thing the next day. And I noticed, I said, you know, you, you, the, the, the bed, you know, of course it has to go in a certain way and you can either face the window, the wall or the ward, as I would call it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like the majority of people were facing the wall or the ward. And this, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of high elevation buildings here in Des Moines. So you, you're actually on the fifth floor able to get a view. Oh, nice. And this area happens to be surrounded by trees, which are changing color. So, you know, uh, you know, when I was eating my jello, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm not laying in the bed. I'm sitting up on the side of the bed, flipping the table, and I'm looking at that tree that's turning red. But I thought, wow, what is it you have choices here? And hardly any of you are looking out that beautiful window. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it might be that somebody was in the middle of lunch or they're just watching TV. And I realized I think I turned my TV on for a total of an hour in the nearly three days, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I can watch TV at home. Let's treat this like a vacation where you don't watch TV. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I had my, uh, my wife brought me some books. Uh, I, I kind of, I stayed off social media. Good for you. Well, yeah, you know, I thought, well, what am I going to do? You know, post on social media. Hey, look how great my life is right now or feel sorry for me. I, you know, I thought, no, I, I don't need to do that. When I, you know, you, you, we often complain about the things we never get around to doing. Like, I wish I had more time to read books. I can't go anywhere. I am a prisoner here. Right. So have the books brought in and let's read, uh, you know, or, or let's listen to, I listen to a bunch of podcasts. I said, I got these podcasts I want to catch up on. Yeah. But you know, these things are an hour or two hours long. And you know, you say, wait a second. I've got an hour, two hours. <laughs> I've got lots of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't want to go back there, but it, but it was really nice for that. And, and then I thought, you know, maybe some of these people have been here a long time. I, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I think I was in the, you know, get them, I, think we, I think I was in the three-day wing. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're only allowed a three-day stay, and then they got to turn it for the next customer. But uh, very few people enjoying the view. And then in each... And it's like, imagine oh, this is shaped like a football. So in each tip of the football, a beautiful observation area over some gorgeous real estate. I mean, greenery and parks and seats and everything. And then behind you is the big screen TV on the wall. And if I ever saw anybody in these beautiful areas, they turned their seats to watch the TV. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I, I just was, I was always, it made me think of my mom so much would sit at that breakfast table with her frosted flakes and cup of coffee because, you know, in the 60s and 70s, what mother didn't drink coffee with her frosted flakes, right? right. And my mom would just stare out the window and you'd say, what are you, what are you doing? She goes, staring out the window. Try it. Mm. It's so enjoyable. So I, there were times I wanted to just, you know, kind of knock on the door and say, check outside. Sunny day, mm-hmm. beautiful trees. I'm sorry you're here. I'm here yeah. too. Are we telling mom stories today? Because I can always tell mom. St- I love mom stories. Yeah, because I, I have one too. My mom had a kind of an emergency eye appointment, 
and she had so much pain in her eye that I thought, uh oh, we better do something. I called her eye doctor and we got sort of an uh, ER appointment and I, I raced her over there and she can't really see and she's got tears, you know, not not crying tears, but just watery tears coming down her eyes, her cheeks. Huh. And and I'm I'm helping her get in and she goes, Wait, 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 wait. I go, What what what's the matter? She goes, Look look at that flower. Look how beautiful that is as we were going into the doctor's office. <laughs> with her one good eye. <laughs> with her one with her one good eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like she wow. still she still couldn't help herself but to stop and pay attention to something that was so beautiful and so simple. And so, yeah, my mom used to get these, uh, I always pronounced them canas. She, I think she's corrected me many times, they're canas. But, but they attracted the hummingbirds. And so she would get these things, and they're not too particular to grow. But, you know, it's an, it can be a pricey plant, and it dies quickly. But she would do it just to get a month or two of hummingbirds mm. sitting outside the window, just to watch them flutter. And then I bought some. And I watched the hummingbirds. I said, this is the most spectacular thing I've ever seen. If you've ever seen a hummingbird, just levitate there. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, Still my nectar, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, isn't today Columbus Day, Patrick? I'm, I'm, I have to check my calendar. I think it is. It is Columbus Day. Is it Columbus Day? Are we still, are we still calling it that? Uh, well, I know some call it Indigenous People's Day. Yeah. Um, it's my brother Bob's birthday. He would be 65 today. So okay. You know, he only lived to 34. Okay. Um, you got, you got to admire Columbus though. I mean, when he left, he didn't know where he was going. When he got there, he yeah. didn't know where he was and he did it all with somebody else's money. <laughs> yes. That's my dream. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like he should be in theater. That's like what people in theater do. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's those what those startups do too. You know, those startup companies is we got this amazing it's a widget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it does something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess yeah, we're on at school and I think it's nicely nice how my kids' schools they just they say, Oh, it's uh, teacher training day. Oh, they skip no both school. of them. They just skip both. Yeah, so yeah, they say they say, you know, why enter the controversy? It seems like no matter where you turn you're gonna upset people. And this has traditionally been a day off of school, you know, uh, so they say, well, then we're doing teacher training. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if you're to drive by the school, I don't know how many cars would be in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, well, we, training is we have home. A, we have a problem there, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, just, but, <clears throat> you know, I often say to people, you can be upset about all the things that have transpired over history. But, you know, the voyage of Christopher Columbus led to America eventually. And America became the freest country that had the first real free speech rights where you were allowed to put up a soapbox and complain about Christopher Columbus. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so amazing, if, amazing if, country. Yeah, if it weren't for Columbus, you wouldn't be able to complain about Columbus. That's true. Yeah. All right, Patrick, you have a great rest of the day. I'm glad you're feeling better, and thanks for uh, chronicling your your two, three-day stay in the hospital. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you, and thanks to anybody who sent out prayers. It was so helpful. Yeah, we did pray indeed. Thank you. All right, we'll take a little break, and we will be right back.
It's time. Did you know that? It's time. 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 It's time for the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B, and yours truly. Today. Mix, mix, mix. mix, mix. Monday, Monday. Okay, we're a little off. Did you guys hear that I hit the wrong see, opening uh, music to start? See what happens when you miss rehearsal? <laughs> oh, man. Can I just tell you? I'm not happy right now. I know. Yeah. I know. And he's looking at me. <laughs> and me. You're you're the guest. He's looking at me. I'll take I'll take the heat. Oh no. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. The greatest commandment. Yeah. And uh, it, it is a big one. And it's such a big one that like Galatians 5.13, when Paul writes, he says, you know, love uh, one another for this sums up all the law and the prophets, mm-hmm. you know. And so, mm-hmm. like, just the strength of it. So Jesus says this, you know, in Matthew 22, um, 37 through 40. And then Paul, you know, he backs that up in Romans, uh, excuse me, in Galatians um, 5.13. He writes an entire chapter First Corinthians 13, and he says, you know, listen, if you know everything, it's just clanging junk. You know, if you can you know, prophesy, if you can scale the heights of height, but if you don't have love um, for not, yeah. zilch. Preach not it, brother. Own. Preach is, it. Is there other ones after not a zilch, zip zilch? Uh, bupkis. <laughs> Please define bupkis. <laughs> No, please don't. Please okay, don't. Maybe don't. Well, same as Zilt Zero anything. There okay. you go. But Bubkiss sounds like, I don't know. Sounds what? It sounds um, like something from Charlie Brown. I don't know. Ooh. Ooh, how about that? There you go. I just have to have Charlie Brown Thanksgiving on uh, my mind. You know, and Charlie Brown having to love Lucy. I mean, like football. I mean, like the number of times that girl pulled the football from underneath his foot. Talk about turning the other cheek. I'm telling you. Yeah, he turned his cheek and when it landed on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah Bupkis, we borrow from Yiddish. Ah. Yeah, it pretty much means absolutely nothing, nothing of value, significance, or substance. Nothing. Nada. Nada. Bupkis. There. See? Yeah. Empty. We've, we've, I've learned something new. Yeah. So. That's what you learn on the afternoon show. I'm telling you. Yeah. You're mixing it up. <laughs> mixing uh, I'm mixing up it up. The zilch and the bubkiss. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. We are having a day already. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we are. Try to salvage this segment, David. Yeah. Oh, man. Where are you going to go with it? Yeah. Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll so go to break, bitch. and when we come back, we'll regroup. <laughs> no, you know, one of the things that's, we're coming to the end of the day, and, uh, you know, people are currently driving. They may be listening online. They may be at home, different things like that in the drive time hour. And, you know, more than likely, um, you're driving to an address that you live in. And, you know, when you get to that place, if you were to uh, turn into the driveway or two before your address, you would not be at home. You'd be at your neighbor's. Mm. You know, you and mm-hmm. so this comes back to the issue of loving your neighbors. And so God has placed people around us, um, you know, to live out the gospel and, 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 to, and to love and to serve. And, you know, um, I just had a delightful time um, with my senior pastor, Matthew St. John. We were at a conference and, and speaking last week, really neat, and just discussing the issue of love and loving neighbors. And um, it was super rich. And one of the things that we looked at uh, was Jeremiah twenty nine seven? You know, we know Jeremiah um, twenty nine eleven. 
you know, for the plans I know for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And one thing that we do sometimes when we read that, we read that singular, like for I know the plans I have for you, the person, but it's actually in a plural. Right. And so when you back up from 11 to verse 7, the Lord says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you in exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf for its welfare, for in its welfare, you will find your welfare. And so that important thing of, you know, God has long had a love for the city, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes the city gets a gets a bad rap, but we see, you know, in Acts 1-8, when he gives that great word, he says, you know, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Well, Jerusalem was a city, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and in the end, in Revelation, God calls down the new Jerusalem, that holy city. Mm-hmm. But cities are cities because it's made up of people, a lot and of people God. in cities. Yep, and God High density. loves people. He loves people. He loves people. So he people. loves cities. There's a lot of people in cities. Yeah, he loves cities. And you know, the cool thing about uh, the Lord is the earth is the Lord's the fullness thereof. So the Lord loves cities and rural areas. Say that areas. again and say it slower. Okay, Psalm 24, 1. Yes. The earth is the Lord's and, everything and the fullness in, thereof. Okay. And everything in it. And everything in it. And the world and all who dwell in it. I love that verse. I do too. Great reminder. Yeah. Great reminder of ownership too. Yes. Of stewardship. Yes. Well, and especially in this current age, we feel like the enemy is getting away with way too much. But the truth is the earth is the Lord's. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes like we give the little, you know, snipping at our heels, yippity yip, you know, Mm -hmm. way too much, you know, credit. I mean, like, again, the devil is a, you know... He is a fallen angel. So he was a created angel who usurped his authority. So create it, not create Tor. Right. So there's only room for one at the top. And it's not him. You know, so he's he's a real foe. He's a defeated foe. Um, so all he can do, you know, someone wants to note at this. Um, the devil is like wicker furniture. Hmm. Okay. He can't create anything. But he can take those things that have been created and twist it Mm, and warp it. Good. You know, so today God has made things like sex, beautiful and wonderful. But the enemy comes along and he twists it. Mm -hmm. You know, God has made stewardship and money and resources a beautiful thing. Um, You know, the Bible talks about in, in Ephesians, you know, don't steal let those work and have something to share with others. And so he, he can take something like that and twist it and make it into something different. And so, you know, the same thing with cities. There, there are beautiful things and beautiful people that God loves in cities. And the devil being the devil wants to take and twist it. And it doesn't take a city. I mean, like he can do that, you know, on a farm, in a rural area you know, on a mountaintop, down in a valley, out of, I mean, like any place. And so keeping a reminder that even in this time, because so often we can feel like, ooh, you know, that place, you know, God's not there. But we just said that the earth is the Lord's. Where's that again? Is that 24? Psalm 24. Mm-hmm. It, also one. Rem- it also reminds me, David and Rosie, of Psalm one fifteen, verse three, that says, "Our God is in heaven; He does whatever pleases Him." Mm, I love that. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels like it's a great verse alongside of that other one in 24. So I have a question, David. Thank you for addressing it to David. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill. No, no, no. You, you said Bill. it correctly the oh, first okay. time. Um, I have a question for you. So when we're talking about loving our neighbor often, and it's not wrong, we think of loving our neighbor in a Bible study and bringing them to Christ or exposing them to the word because we love it and we want to teach and help other people see our neighbors, the glory of God. Are there ways to love your neighbor before you start a Bible study? Yeah. What does the word love actually, how does that play itself out? Yeah, the one that borrow, borrowed the power sander three years ago and hasn't returned it yet. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I got to calm down. <laughs> you better call him. <laughs> you know, well, one, taking a look at the word love itself, because like in the English language, we, we sometimes, though we want everyone to sometimes speak English, sometimes we miss some of the beauty of translation. So like you have... Phileo love, which is like brotherly love, like the city of Philadelphia. Um, You know, you have storge, which is a friendship love. You have eros, which is an erotic love, which God uses that in both a positive, healthy way. And unfortunately, again, going back to wicker furniture, it's been twisted in such a way today. But agape love is an unconditional love that looks for the greatest good and greatest welfare in another person. And that's what God shows for us. So back to your question about Bible study, like loving. Well, you know what? What better person to look at than Jesus? So did Jesus invite everybody to a Bible study when we look at the Gospels? Uh, A formulated study? No. But Mm -hmm. I think he invited people to dinner. He invited people to help him get water. He invited, he invited, I would say, and I don't think there was a clear definition with a beginning and an end to the type of inviting he did. Mm. Yeah. And one of the things, too, is that Jesus, he went to people. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, we think about the story of the Samaritan woman. And in, in John chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus says, and I must go through Samaria. So the Son of God went through the place that everybody avoided. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't often think of that. And so like we're expecting people to come. And that's why sometimes you can find people who aren't followers of Jesus when you sit down and have some really neat, honest conversations. Sometimes they'll say, you know what? Um, I thought about coming to church, but, you know, I don't have the right clothes. And my life's kind of messed up right now. And I really kind of need to get my life back together before I can go to church. And it's like, wait a minute, that's that's like the person, um, you know, who's sick and needs surgery saying, you know what, I really need to kind of get, you know, this cancer under control on my own before I can go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so have we made church in such a way where unfortunately Dr. King said that if we don't recapture our prophetic voice, we'll become an irrelevant social club of which the world will not be listening to. And so there are ways to um, love our neighbors. And, you know, as an excursus for just a brief moment, you know, from the late 1800s to the beginning of the 1900s, there was this liberal fundamentalist split that happened. You had liberals under um, 
um, Jay Os- uh, Harvey Fosdick, and then you had Jay Gresham Machen, who was the fundament- uh, fundamentalist, who said, we need to get back to the fundamentals. And the liberals are like, well, we don't, we don't need all the theology. We need to love people. And fundamentals are like, well, we don't need to do any works, so and we just need to have good doctrine. And that split happened for about you know, a good hundred years. And things like tsunamis in Indonesia at the beginning of the 21st century and other things opened up these doors where people started to demonstrate the gospel. One key area was um, Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. And, um, you know, what the church found is that by demonstrating the gospel and the love of Christ, it actually, surprise, opened up doors to proclaim the gospel. And um, one of my favorite statements or articles that I read during the Katrina times was one by a guy named Roy Hattersley, and he was writing the UK Guardian. And he makes this point of how, you know, how um, it wasn't societies of free thinkers and atheists who showed up to help in these um, disasters. He said it was Christians. And he made this powerful quote, I'm remembering from memory, he says, I have to conclude as an atheist, as an atheist, that Christians come with a sort of moral imperative packet. Not all of them, but most of them come with that, that makes them morally superior to atheists like me. Wow. Because he was looking at this whole way that the church, and and see, I, I had an opportunity to be a part of DIRT team, disaster relief teams, and what's so powerful about it is while everyone else was shooting for a photo shoot and trying to get reelected, the church was showing up and people were like, you know, I don't have money to help you. No, we're, we're just here to help you. Well, I know that it costs this much a square foot to have my house mucked. Well, no, we're just doing it for free. And then like, where are you from? Minneapolis. Who are you people? Like, who, who are you that you're not trying to rip us off? And like, why did you come down here? And to sit there and say, there's a God who loves you. And we had people say, like, these are our angels. So th- there are a lot of unbelievable, and what makes us rich, Rosie, is the ability to love our neighbors is as creative, creative as the God who made the person who's listening. You mm-hmm. don't have to do it the way I'm doing it because God has put something in you, uniquely you, and, and by the Spirit can lead you to love your neighbor in creative ways. I like that. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B., you're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix, Mix, Mix. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with lots more. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. I gotta say, there's some sweet fellowship going on in the house right now. Love this topic. Word. Right? It's the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. We were reflecting on Jeremiah 29, verse 7. 
not the one that you think is verse 11. It's another one. Yeah. Verse 7. I'll read it again. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. I just think it's powerful because I'm under a little conviction, I have to tell you, because I pray for the United States. But do I stop there? Kind of. You know, I need to be praying for the world, not that I'm, you know, an exile in Ireland or in Germany. But truly, if I'm a citizen of heaven, the whole planet is my exile, right? Yes. Yeah. And so I should be praying for it, you know, the worldly um, impact for the kingdom, more specifically by nation. Well, you know, one of the beautiful things, and again, you know, we we really want to encourage people here in the Monday Afternoon Mix and on Faith Talk Radio to be getting into the Word of God and getting into a community of people, um, you know, who are believers that help spur you on to faithful service and joy in Jesus. And so, like today, we are actually, we look at passages of Scripture, you know, because, for example, in Acts 18, chapter 1, you have Emperor Claudius, the Roman emperor, who expels the Jews out of Rome. And who should go get punted but Priscilla and Aquila? And they get punted. They end up in Corinth where they meet Paul. They help him with his ministry. Then they join him and go to Ephesus, to another country, to minister there. And they end up meeting Apollos. And they minister to Apollos, who's this up-and-coming, and and they begin to disciple him. Apollos goes back to Corinth and a whole bunch of things that don't happen in, in, in chapters 1, 2, and 3 of Corinthians is because of the way that God used Priscilla and Aquila. And, you know, we have a faith here today, you know, as we're listening in the various places that we live because God used people in other places mm-hmm. and actually sent them out um, to make an impact for the gospel. And so because the world is becoming so literally um, small, you know, I like how one person says that in the body of Christ, uh, the blocks are short. Mm, I like that. You know, and it's like meeting someone the other day at this conference. Here we're talking, and we knew similar people, you know, in this small country called India with like one point, I don't know, two, three billion people. And here we just met, and there are similar people that we know in a very large country with a number of people coming to faith in Christ. And, you know, so God has that, that power and ability to move. Now, what you said, Rosie, is real key because when we look at the Old Testament, we see, you know, Jeremiah's writing to these individuals who are in exile. So we're kind of like, well, we're not in exile. Well, the Bible actually says, you know, in Philippians 3.20, Paul makes the point after saying all of his, all his pedigree, you know, all his, his citizenship, all his religious, him being a Hebrew of Hebrews. And he makes this point. He says, for the believer, our citizenship is in heaven. You know, that's the ultimate destination. Because while I was away on this trip, I was away, but that wasn't home. Mm-hmm. You know, home is where I live with my family. And in the same way, the Bible explains how we are exiles. We are surjoiners and um you know um peter writes that in first peter chapter one he opens up and he's like writing to the elect exiles people who are called of god but we're not home 
you know, and I'm looking forward, you know, to home, you know, um, and we want to be faithful in our service while we're here, but this isn't home. But God tells us to care for the welfare of the city that we're in, basically to shine Jesus. Well said, David Miles. I like the idea that we are citizens of another kingdom because we are. I think it's something that we should remind ourselves regularly with. This is not our home. It, it's profound, actually. I'm, I'm looking at both you guys, and I'm just thinking how profound this is. And, you know, we we stumble with often, I think I can speak for a majority of Christians, there's the gift and the office of evangelism, and yet we're called as a people, as a Christian body, for everybody to share the gospel. And so the profoundness of our citizenship being in heaven, that the the Lord through Jeremiah literally says to bless where you're at. So if you haven't, if you haven't, um, if the motivation has only been to advance the kingdom, that's one thing. But in this scripture, Jesus or um, Jeremiah is also saying that you too will be blessed as you bless on. And, and that's, you know, you want to make sure the motive is right, but it's the promises of God that he is saying, as you bless others, so too more blessing, more of the blessings of heaven come through you and to you. And that's just, that's not the prosperity gospel. That is just simply the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And for us as his children, but as well as all the children he has plans for to be entering the kingdom through you, through his love that's coming through you, it's profound. It goes so far beyond, oh, I feel bad I haven't started a Bible study in my neighborhood. Right. And God might want you to actually like bring some baked bread, like mow your neighbor's lawn, like say hello. You know, um, I remember someone saying that um, this, this one gentleman, he said like, I'm such a a major introvert, but the Lord laid on his heart of just going and meeting his neighbors, just greeting him. And he laid on his heart to say, like, whenever he saw a neighbor, he would drop what he was doing and he'd run out and just say hi. And uh, one day he ran out to someone who just moved in and like he ran out and he just ran up to the person. He just said hi. And this person's like, like, why did you do that? And he later told him, he said, I was having the worst day of my life. I seriously thought no one cared. And the fact that you ran out of my house just to come up and say hi to me, like I needed that, mm-hmm. you know? And so when we look at this exile thing, um, Peter picking back up, he says in Second Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen family, a chosen descendant, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you receive mercy. And then Peter breaks it down. He goes, verse 11, beloved, listen to that. Beloved, mm-hmm. I urge you as surjoiners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. It's the price. Yeah. It's doing everything for 
the glory of God. Right. That's the price. And so when you are about to respond on social media, will that cause people to give glory to God on the day of his visitation? Like, are we keeping our conduct? And like right now, sadly, sadly, okay, this is sad, but it's actually um, exciting, okay? Sadly, right now, the reputation of church and of church people and of evangelicals right now, not really good, okay? The beautiful thing about the gospel is that we don't have to be right. We already know that all is sin, so God forgives us. In Romans 5.25, where sin abound, grace abounds all the more. So what's exciting about this, it's an opportunity for Jesus to fully live himself through our broken and perfect selves in ways to showcase Jesus and to do these things that Peter's writing about in Second Peter 2. Great study today, David and Rosie. I enjoyed that. Mm, so good. It was indeed. I have a lot to think about. Be a neighbor. Be a neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. It's, yeah. Amen. Thank you. That's all for the Monday afternoon mix. Mix, mix, mix. See what happens, you guys, Mr. Rehearsal? Oh. <laughs> I already turned off my microphone. <laughs> that's, that's mix, fine. mix, 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 that's mix. That's fine. We'll take a break when we come back. I have a sheriff coming in the studio. Am I nervous? Uh, maybe. But uh, Sheriff Jim Stewart and Monica Groves are coming in to talk about domestic violence. That's all next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.